I'm doing spectacular, dude. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Coming at you, uh, semi-live from a uh, float fest. Right. Uh, we do want to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors, Presearch, um, decentralized search engine. Make sure you check them out. Uh, keyword stake, earn crypto as you search. Uh, decentralized. You know, need I say more? But yeah. um, no spying, no censorship. And with that. Um, Man, we're having an absolute hoot here. We've met so many people. Uh, this is really awesome. Um, we got we, the we, Phoenix, yeah, we, we the Phoenix, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to listen to him. And um, I had a couple friends ask me about van life stuff. Uh, I've got a friend living uh, van life, and you know, of course, it's super agorist lifestyle. So uh, we wanted to make sure that we uh, we brought him on for sure. So uh, how you doing, Phoenix? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, I'd be better off if I had another mic, but you know, my dumbass didn't uh, didn't anticipate for all that. Um, but you know, I'm having a, I'm having a fucking blast, dude. Flowfest is amazing. Uh, I just need a screwdriver right now, and uh, of multiple kinds, like you know, vodka, orange, and something to fix this. Uh, I would say, brother, I got issue. my tools. I'm just not here. <laughs> like the car. Um, but you know, Floatfest. This is the the kickoff, the inaugural fest, and I think it's been a huge fucking success. Like there is a great turnout. There's great people, great speakers. Um, you know, they're live streaming all day you might be able to hear it in the background because uh, we're over here in the uh, in the the barn right area right next to the stage uh, but they're live streaming all the speak talkers from or speakers from Ar um, anarchapoco as well and you know it's just it's it's heaven I, every time I come to these festivals it's you're coming back home you know what I mean it's uh it's it's home yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing how many like great people I've met, you know, um, just, you know, had a blast. Everybody's so friendly. I absolutely love to see all the trade that's going on. You know, it's just, you know, you got something to sell, sell it. And, you know, we're just just jiving. And, you know, again, Noah doesn't think there's been any big issues or anything. It's been a real hoot. So um, bartenders are great. I don't know. I can't say enough about it, dude. Like, like those, those guys are just a trip, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Having a blast for sure. And you know what else is uh, how you know how, how they could have planned this in 60 days is just mind-blowing I mean uh, such a successful uh, conference um, and yeah it's just it's just mind-blowing how uh, how they could do this this quickly so um, I think they, they even broke even and uh, uh, they're like you know somebody was saying well you know, nobody breaks even their first year, and it's like, well, yeah, we do. So, um, you know, Float Fest is gonna, you know, it. I think it's gonna be one of the great events, right? Like, it's not only this is not only the first one, but I think many years from now, this will be one of the great ones. And I'm, I'm really glad that I got to be able to come to the first one, and uh, and be able to brag about that in the future. Like, yeah, I was at the first yeah. one. Should've been at the first one, man. Four was cool, man. <laughs> But um, but yeah. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, um, what advice and tips do you have for uh, living that van life, man? Well, when it comes to living van life, um, best advice is get used to being uh, uncomfortable. Um, you're not gonna have a bathroom available all the time. Uh, it's not gonna be well. I mean, unless you have unlimited funds. Like if you're doing it on a shoestring budget, um, you're not gonna have a restroom available all the time. Make sure you get 
something that you can use to take care of that business um, without having to necessarily get out of your car because in the time of COVID, people are fucking stupid and they will not let you use the bathroom unless you have a face diaper on. So like, I've ran into that a few times and uh, just being able to take care of your business anywhere is, uh, is a huge plus um, as well as bring a lot of blankets. Um, you know, having a heated van, you know, running your vehicle all night is nice if you're not paying for gas, uh, which uh, I was for like the last year, but I'm now paying for my own gas and diesel is goddamn expensive. So, uh, you know, carry, so carry around a few blankets for, you know, when it gets cold and uh, in the summer, you know, just be used to being hot and sweaty. Um, really, I mean, it's, it's, it, van life is an exercise in, um, you know, extreme uh, uh, rugged uh, you know rugged uh, individualism because you have very little um, amenities and you know everything you have to everything you're doing with the van you have to do it yourself for the most part I mean unless like I said unless you have unlimited funds um, but you know get used to uh, if you want if you're traveling through Texas get used to checkpoints because uh, the feds do like to you know fuck around with people and um, really Boondocking, boondocking. Look for boondocking spots. Boondocking is like your number one thing if you're going to be van lifing. What it, what is boondocking? Uh, boondocking is where boondocking is what we're doing here. Okay. Um, it's camping with no utilities, um, no connections, and uh, there's a lot of places. Um, Pasnia in central Illinois, um, they have a boondocking uh, section over there. Um, so yeah, like I think mainly like for van lifers, the the goal is to create. A bunch of different separate communities that you can jump around to and and vend to and um, and basically just create that that true second realm um, outside of the you know the, the servile society where people can live freely and you know have true agorism in their lives so have you ever um done there, there's a lot of apps and stuff to where like people have like camping on their private land do you ever do you find success with that for finding a place to park and hang out personally like i'm always at the pilot stations but um i've got a couple of buddies um that do do those boondocking things and yeah those apps are awesome cool um, especially if you have land and you get yourself onto one of those apps you can make tons of money i yeah. don't know about tons but you can you know uh, supplement the chicken feed yeah i mean money you wouldn't typically have from an empty space you know i really think that's a good entrepreneurial kind of thing you know Absolutely. if you if you got a farm and you got the land yeah man let somebody camp or rent out that you know little house for an airbnb or whatever it's um you know it's funny i i did the tiny house thing for a while and a lot of similarities you know and, and you know when people talk about like oh i want to do this or that you know they really they a lot of times i feel like they don't think about some of the necessities you know so like you started right in with bathroom situation you know like that's something real you got to figure out that's something you know we had to deal with in an outhouse and all that you know and it's not quite as glamorous <laughs> you know um and then uh something else um like you said was um was um you know like temperature and stuff there's a lot of times i think people don't realize the amount of energy that it takes to run an air conditioner or run a heater and people are like oh, i'm gonna live off the grid with these solar panels and it's like if you're gonna do that in florida you better get used to not having air conditioning because you know you can't necessarily run that off a solar panel so same kind of thing with the van you know you can't just let it idle all night it's not good for the van it's not good for you right. know your ga gas mileage or whatever so uh and there's so a there's a huge difference between um, nomadic van life mm -hmm. and city van life like city van life you want to be as stealth as possible because if you're going to be in the same place for an extended period of time you don't want them cops to know that you're living there or like anybody who might want to burgle you exactly yeah. that i mean and you know that's all part of the philosophy of vanu is making yourself invulnerable to the coercion of this not only the state but of every private individual as well and that starts with a really strong security culture 
um, you know, know the people that you're trusting and, and, you know, take action on that, you know, take action on the, the trusted opinions of individuals um, that, you know, you come across. Because um, social capital is great, but there are sociopaths out there that will use your social, social capital against you and totally screw you over. So, right. Um, do you, uh, what, like, do you have like a day job or what do you do if you're comfortable? I drive uh, expedited freight. So oh, okay. I, I pick up, uh, I'll, t- I'll pick up like two or three pallets in California, or, um, in Illinois, and I'll drive it down to Georgia, pick up something from there, take it to Texas. From Texas, maybe I'll, maybe there's nothing in Texas, so I'll head over to New Mexico, Albuquerque, pick something up in Albuquerque, take it to Miami. And that's whatever. in your van that you live in? Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool, man. Yeah, I mean, even if I have three, three full pallets in there, um, I could take the mattress, throw them on top of the pallets, and just sleep right up there. So. Nice, nice. That's awesome, man. It's like two birds with one stone, you know? Yeah, you're, absolutely. You don't have to have an apartment, or your apartment's with you, or whatever. You're doing your work. You're, you're getting paid to travel. Right, you know? yeah. I'm, I'm making really good money. Mm-hmm. I don't pay for I don't pay rent. I don't pay for any housing stuff, you know? I pay quite a bit in uh, child support, but, you know, none of that's court-ordered. It's just between me and their mom, right. and, you know. Uh, well, living this life allows you to be able to do that and help take care of the kids, too. Yeah, so, exactly. You know? Um do um when like I had some family who tried to like retire and live in an RV and one of the challenges they had was like they had to have like an address like you know legally for whatever taxes or their driver's license you know um do you do you have any recommendations for people who might want to live this to be able to deal with that kind of situation so in order to get your legal intercise as Vanuans like to call it of a uh, driver's license um, there's a few options um, you can you could take yourself to South Dakota Spend the night at one of their RV camps, keep the receipt, go to the DMV in the morning, be like, this is my proof of address, let me get a South Dakota driver's license. Those are good for 10 years. As my, as my understanding is they're good for like 10 years or 7 years. They're much longer than like That's my Illinois license. interesting. I did not expect it to be that easy. Yeah. Um, there you could also do the same thing in Florida to, to a certain, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent. Um, and uh, Montana also. Uh, Montana is great for registering your vehicle because if your vehicle is okay. more than 10 years old, you register it once and you never have to register it again anywhere. Florida is kind of funny, like because um, like the RV parks and stuff there, they uh, they only do like six month leases because there's something about like you can't live like in an RV park as like your full time re- residence, I guess. So they like there's people who do, but they only do six month leases. So like on paper, it's only six months at a time. You know, it's a it, it's just interesting. Different states have a, have different rules, and you know, I think it was a few years back when they changed the HUD laws to where like you couldn't legally live in a you know an RV. It had to be like an HUD approved housing, and it's just it's just so silly because it's like man. Like, like you're really, you're really like handicapping people, you know, off the bat who might be trying to start out a life or, or just live how they want. You know, it's uh, it's really crazy. But well, I mean, this, the government is not going to care if they're if they're fucking. I mean, that's their whole thing. They break your legs and hand you a crutch and expect yeah. you to be thankful for it. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. The, you know, exactly. And you know, if you're living in a house, it's more to tax, right? <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have a question or anything? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, this is all great. Um, what? Uh, I know if you're going to go solar, right, I guess you can't do, of course you can't do like any electric burners or anything. I guess a lot of people cook with um, propane. Uh, get into like, get into like the, the nitty gritty, like, you know, how do you, how do you cook? Um, what's, what, what are the best tools to have in van life? And uh, any of that, if you could. Well, I'm a fat, lazy, nasty bastard, and I just eat fucking fast food. Um, that makes it easy. <laughs> yeah, I like I treat my body like it's the government. I'm just trying to destroy it. Um, but 
you know, getting yourself like a, a good, if you want to cook for yourself, it's totally possible. Um, you can get the, I, I bought what that, uh, that Ozark thing, Ozark Trails, um, five day ice cooler. And it's been amazing. I've had burgers in there and, and bacon in there for five, almost five days. And there's my ice is still cool. The temperature is still sub 40. Um, it's amazing. Absolutely. One of the best investments. Take out your, take out your passenger seat, put that in there. If you're running solo, you know, if you don't have like me, I have, I got to go back and I got kids. So. If I ever want to take them somewhere, you know, I got their mom's like, no, they can't be in the back. They don't have a seatbelt. I'm like, fucking stay, just fuck off. Um, so that she wants to have the seat, but uh, definitely take out your front seat, um, put your cooler in there. Uh, th that thing is amazing. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, I smoke a lot equipment. of weed. Yeah. Uh, other necessary um, equipment and, uh, and weed. Stuff like that. Yeah. Weed. Yeah. <laughs> that weed is definitely a necessity. You gotta fight the boredom of hanging outside of a van. So. <laughs> right. Um, I've got, you know, I've got a, a good. Uh, cordless drill um, several bits and stuff um, but I've uh, when I first took the job I brought way more stuff than I needed and I got rid of stuff and then a second there was a second round of like um, focusing down and, and you're good it's gonna take a while once you first get out there on the road um, for you to actually know what you want and what you don't want it's a trial and error um, yeah yeah it's it's trial and error for everyone um, but for me you know I've got um, I've got the, I've got the propane burners. I got the butane butane burner. Um, I've got you know a bunch of stuff now for, that I bought for the fest um, that will make it a heck of a lot easier. But um, yeah, if you don't want to be a fat nasty that's gonna die at 45, um, you know you could cook your stuff and you get really it can it can be pretty decent prices. So that's like the cheapest way instead yeah. of paying 15 bucks a meal. Yeah, yeah, because that can definitely add up, you know, and we're by contrast, you know, you get a pack of bologna and a loaf of bread, you know what I mean? You can stretch it out a bit. Too. Yeah, you're eating for yeah. three days on 250. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you do, have you done any sort of like added? Well, I any? guess now that would be like 1950 because, you know, they just printed 1.9 trillion, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> okay, yeah, it'll get there. <laughs> um, have you done any sort of like a added like batteries or, um, you know, I'm sure you have a power inverter or something in there. Do you do you recommend like adding, adding batteries or have you even found the need to do that? I haven't found the need yet for it. Um, I've got a 1,200-watt uh, inverter and then a 120-watt inverter. The 120-watt is the one that I use way more than anything else because for some reason that 1,200 fucking just screams at me. Like, it'll just beep, beep, beep. Mm. I don't know what the fuck the deal is with it. It's You plug it into the cigarette lighter, and it's supposed to work, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, yeah. But I've got a solar setup at at, uh, at my sister's house. I've got four 400 watts of solar panels. I've got a Renogy solar control. Uh, I've got some of the some of the cabling. I still need to get like the breaker box and the batteries for it, and build out a space um, and buy a van that I can put it all in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I plan on hopefully getting the solar setup um, eventually, which. You know, my understanding is it's kind of touch and go. You don't want to put, you don't want to rely on it too much. Yeah. You can run, you can run your laptop off of it. You can run a flat screen TV. It's um, nice for passive charging, though. You know, yeah, if you're sitting yeah. there parked, I mean, at least you have to worry less about your battery running out. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just like, and then also it's nice because if your battery does die somewhere, you can sit and let it <laughs> let it charge up a exactly. bit. And you're not necessarily stuck in the middle of nowhere. Or have right, to you can jump yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You just gotta be patient. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, man. It uh, you know it seems like a good way to go because like like RVs 
RV life and everything seems like a lot of fun, but like I don't like driving a vehicle that big around. Like it's like cumbersome and it limits where you can go and you're obvious, you know? Um, so I really like the idea of doing a van. I always said if I wanted to get like an RV kind of situation, I'd do like a Sprinter van or, oh, sorry. I'd do like a, uh, a Sprinter van or, you know, like one of the Promasters or the Transits or something and sort of build that out a little bit. And it could just be real simple. Just be careful with the Promasters. After about 170,000 miles, they're trash. They're, they're the engine explode. You're the second person who's told me that this weekend, or this yeah. week, yeah. <laughs> and I, I drove a ProMaster for the first year of that I was doing this business. I got it at about 35, 40,000 miles, and I got rid of it at about 180,000. Do you have one that you'd recommend, if not the ProMaster? Uh, the Freightliner, the Mercedes. Um, okay, right on. It's, I see it's it, a really it's, nice It's expensive uh, when, when it gets really bad, but it lasts the longest. You're going to have less repairs. You know, the oil changes are expensive, but whatever. And are you going diesel on these, or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you get the better mileage, and the engines typically, I guess not in the ProMaster version, but they typically last a lot longer than Well, gasoline, the only so. real benefit that I saw for gasoline is that you can idle for forever. Yeah. You know, like, you don't want to idle with a diesel engine. Um, and that's, you know, that's that was the main benefit that I saw yeah. over gas, or, and, you know, it's a little bit cheaper gas. But. You know, I guess, um, like, what a lot of truckers do, too, is they just have a small generator, so you probably get, like, a small inverter generator that uses very little bit of fuel if you really had more power needs. I guess it just depends on what you're trying to do, and, you know, if you yeah. got a bunch of kids and you need other stuff or, or whatever, or, um, or, you know, like Brandon said, if you're trying to run a hot plate or something, you know, you need some power. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, anything else on it? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, yeah. Now you do like um, cooking and stuff too. Like you've got a little restaurant. Uh, what recommendations would you give on that for somebody who wants to not only do the van life but have like a little like food food truck as well? Food hustle. Um, the best practices for mobile food vending is uh, focus on um, sanitation. Absolutely, always. You know, have a set of gloves. Wash your goddamn hands. Um, and you know, get a get a decent burner. Um, a lot of there's a lot of different methods that you can do for the for the food vending. Um, you can either pre-cook it, you can cook it on site. Um, depends on it. Really depends on what it is your product is. Um, I think that your setup's going to differ depending on what kind of stuff you're cooking. Um, like I'm not cooking chili. I don't need bowls and pots. Um, I'm not. You know, I'm, I do burgers and bacon pancakes. It's super easy. Get a griddle and there you go. Um, but you know, all the all the vending stuff. Expect to fail the first two or three times. You know, you, it, it is it is very much a learning process, and it's an investment of not only your money but your time. And you have to learn. You know, listen to the market. One of the main things that I learned at um, the Midwest Peace and Liberty Fest was that my prices were too damn high. Um, I lowered the prices, changed it around a bit, and they were flying. Um, I my I haven't really had any issues with pricing um, here at Float Fest. Um, mainly, the biggest issue is just the goddamn wind. Yeah. Yeah, oh man, that was rough yesterday for real. Uh, yeah, dude, I had people like buying dog treats from me and like I charged four bucks and they're like, here's five. And I'm like, let me get your change. Like, no, keep it. It's like, man, like, I'm like, okay, you're going to turn it down. But yeah, man, it's been super cool here. Uh, and, and, and yeah, you know, you kind of got to figure out, you know, what people what people want like when i started like my business like my farm like it was so like this is what i want to sell because this is what i like and blah 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 and you learn real quick it's like well sometimes that's not what people want <laughs> you yeah. know and you kind of got to adapt to change yeah i didn't expect so many people to love like super crispy bacon like i don't i don't like i don't i hate crispy bacon you know i love it to be like a little flaccid and shit and uh, everybody <laughs> seems to love like the crispy bacon yeah, man. Gotta, have, gotta have that crispy bacon for sure. Um, Calm down there, Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> 
Yeah. One <laughs> thirty. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, we want to give another shout out to our sponsor, um, Devault Cryptocurrency. Uh, they've got cold stake rewards. So basically, get interest on your crypto savings account that works. Right. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at the interest rates, so, so like sometimes you get like. What what was it like even nine percent back? Something? That that's what it looked like to me, man. So yeah, we'll see when it comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you um, you get more than a bank account for sure, yeah. and uh, yeah, and know, if it's so, sitting there, make it work for you. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so definitely check them out. Uh, they've got DeFi, or they're coming out with DeFi. They've got uh, what else do they got? Dad? Privacy through Terraform working on yep. that as well. So yeah, yeah, definitely a cool project, and uh, like I said, a low cap coin. So you know, nice to get it on now. Yeah, Ch- not financial that, advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, <Good>. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking buy crypto, you idiots! I'm giving you financial advice. <laughs> the opinions of Phoenix and not representing the opinions of Nexus. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect timing for that too. So, oh, oh shit. Um, um, so uh so yeah man this uh yeah dude Flowfest has just been a just been a trip man and i haven't been to like anything in a while you go to a lot of like um libertarian slash anarchist or whatever you want to call them events i would assume um how does this like compare to some of the other ones man you got any like pros or cons or any recommendations for next year i'd, I'd say having the fire not in a metal bin Mm-hmm. Where you can see it from just the chairs, that would be cool. Um, but that's just me nitpicking. I, I have the same issue with those metal rings myself, dude. That's why yeah. I don't use them. Yeah. Um, as much as as much as we hate it, um, you know, spontaneous order does occur. But um, if you're able to kind of curate the spontaneous order, um, that I think that would be. You know, a uh, a better method. You know, mm-hmm. curate the spontaneous order. Um, be like, hey, I'd like people to be over here. I'd like people to do this. You know, um, and if it happens, awesome. If it doesn't, well, it doesn't. Right. It does almost seem like a um, is oxymoron the right word or paradox or something. You say curate the spontaneous order. You yeah, know, but yeah. but like I said, it, you can encourage you know something, but ultimately it's like you don't want to fight something if it's successful some in another way. You know, mm-hmm. which is my probably my main beef with you know government is how they fuck with the market like that because it's like, hey, we could be doing great things. You know, over here, but they just. Oh, don't right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Trash uh, bags, man. Every single goddamn one of them. Yeah. Trash bags. Oh man, thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, this is definitely my uh, first like big um, uh, event like this. Um, I actually haven't been anywhere in like five years at all. But definitely not to a Liberty event. We started doing Liberty meetups um, maybe about a year ago uh, with some okay. people in our area and everything, and it was just like life changing, dude. It's like it's like you don't even have to talk about liberty you know yeah when you find your tribe it doesn't like you don't have to advocate to them it's like there's a little short period of like oh the awkward like what do we talk about then and then you start loosening up a little bit you're like oh you're into this yeah so am i yeah cool and you know you can connect on other things other than just hating the state yeah yeah exactly and it's just it's just it's just a good feeling to be like this person doesn't want want me locked in a cage for something stupid like 95 percent of other people i interact with do whether they realize it or not that's what they want (laughs) you know so yeah it it, it is just great and it's um it's uh, what's the word i'm looking for not necessarily reassuring but maybe that is what i'm saying just that there are other people out there you know who feel this way and they're it's you know there's people other than normies out there and it is it's just so great the so. sense of community that you can develop yeah. is really a necessity and that's the whole reason why these festivals exist is to develop that sense of community yeah do we find them 
Yeah, cool. Nice. Oh, later nice on? Cool. Okay, great, cool. But we'll keep going. Um, I don't know, man. What else? I'm ready for that bar to open. <laughs> we, were, we were just bullshitting about um, about Liberty Festivals and everything. You've been in Arcapulco before, right, Brandon? Yeah, I was at uh, the 2018 one, the 2019. Uh, great festivals. Uh, I mean, you know, somebody somebody asked me like, uh, you know, how's Float Fest? I'm like, Float Fest is great. I mean, it's not Mexico, right? But um, but yeah, Float Fest is, is great. Yeah, don't be insulting the Republic of Texas like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that did used to be Mexico, so I guess <laughs> I guess how we look at it, it is kind of Mexico, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Still Mexico in my eyes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Give me my freedom. Yeah. Uh, Land of the free. Yeah. Anarchapoco is obviously going to be a bigger event than this one, though. You know, what is it, like a few thousand people or something that go there? Have you ever been? No? Cool. Um, yeah, uh, but this is uh, this is great. I know they said they were expecting like 200 people. I'm bad at counting people. I don't even know how many people are here. But it's not overcrowded, that's for sure. You know? Uh, and I'm definitely, you know, this was a little bit of a. I had a little bit of short notice on this one this year, but I'm definitely looking forward to coming next year and be able to bring the wife and everything and, and all that for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where was I? Um, yeah, so, I mean, the great thing about Anarchapoco is that you're not only at a freedom conference, but the area around you is very freedom oriented. So, like, I was able to walk down the street with the beer and, you know, nobody gave a shit. Uh, I was able to. I cracked a beer open in McDonald, like in a McDonald's and a Walmart, and they're like, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's just so much more free down there. So it's nice to have a freedom conference in areas that are high freedom, and I, I think that's why Texas for Float Fest is, is a good fit. I would say either like Texas or Florida, right? I mean, if you're going to run a conference in in March, so um, more freedom oriented states for sure. I would love to see more, you know, obviously it's convenient for me being in Florida, but I would love to see more of them in Florida. Um, as far as I know, there's really not many, um, if any. I mean, do, you, do you know of any, uh, Phoenix? Do you know the response to, I'd love for there to be more of these? I need to do it. You're goddamn right. I was chatting with my uh, Freedom Cell back home today, and I was letting them know I was hearing everything, and they're like, they're like, one day we'll get one in Florida, and I was like, we can make one in Florida. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. Like, what is this one day it? shit? You could do yeah. it in 60 days. Yeah. Float yeah. did it. You yeah. could do it too. Yeah, they did. Florida Fest. <laughs> Ah, I wish my farm was just a little bigger. <laughs> well, how big is your farm? Six acres. You we could totally do it. You could totally do it. I don't know if we could do it on this size, but we could do it. Vanu Fest people. is on yeah. like a three acre plot. Really? So how, how many people they'd pull into that one, do you know? I think well it's it, Vanu Fest is highly curated. Yeah. It's invite only, so mm -hmm. it's not even open to the public. Yeah, they, yeah, we, um, we had uh, Shane on um, uh, a week or two ago and uh, and yeah, he was like, well, you know, I could vouch for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was like, you guys yeah. <laughs> and you should. You definitely should. There's supposed to be a we have a Vanu gathering at the end of March. I think it's the 28th, mm -hmm. um, Central Illinois, and uh, you know, hit up Shane at uh, the Vanu podcast or Liberty Under Attack uh, publications in order to find out you know the actual address because you know security culture. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, big shout out to Shane too, one of the Agoras Nexus writers. Uh, just came out with an article today. Um, love all the stuff he's doing with Vanyu, Paznia. Uh, great, great and talented editor. So I just wanted to give him a shout out um, for sure. So um, I guess uh, if I have one more thing before we wrap up. Um, 
you uh, you're really into vinyl. Vinyl is kind of a new term for me uh, until really just a few months ago when I started uh, listening to the vinyl podcast. Uh, you're probably one of the first people I've talked to who's like, you know, other than Shane, who's like, you know, familiar with that and uses it as a term. Uh, just want to tell us maybe what got you into that, what you love about it, or, or, or whatever you got on that. So I was, you know, an anarchist, uh, volunteerist, and, um, you know, just kind of living my life, you know, in the in a slow hell, as people like to call. And a buddy of mine, Jason, um, turned me on to the Vanu podcast one day. And, uh, you know, I've always been open to, to new shows and learning new ideas and new concepts, especially when it comes to, to liberty. Like, liberty is the only thing I've ever found that I could be passionate about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when I found Vanuism, um, one of the main things that Shane does with his show is they define terms before every episode, and I absolutely loved that. I, I love that's the only way you, we can be on the same page when we're having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like you, you can't you can't have a conversation if you don't agree on the words that you're using. You just you're just running you're just spinning tires and running in circles. It's a exactly. waste of goddamn time. Yeah. And so between uh, between his like real hardcore advocacy of. Um, defining your terms at the beginning of every episode and just the direct action um, advocacy that Vanuism takes um, in your daily life by taking radical lifestyle changes to actually make yourself more invulnerable to coercion. Um, it just spoke to me as like a, a much more effective method of actually finding liberty in my lifetime than any collective movement, any political campaign. I don't have to wait for anyone. I do it on my own, and I and I figure it out on my own, and it's 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 about creating liberty in your own lifetime, with your own skills and in and actually in the physical real space and time. It's no, it's not, it's not theory. It's not uh, well. We can do this if we build, um, you know, if we, if we three D print um, houses into the fucking ocean. It's it's this is what we're, I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing tomorrow in order to be more free. And I just love that. So that, that's excellent. And you know, that's really what got me into agorism is kind of that same mindset and attitude. It really made me love it. And then, yeah, when I started learning about Vanu, it's like almost like the same thing, but it's like I don't know, a little the, hardcore, yeah, a little bit deeper. You complimentary. Know I mean? Yeah, you know? yeah, man, it, it's great. So that that's excellent, man. It's great to hear. I really um, like what what uh, what Vanu has to offer for even like international man travel. Like, um, if you want to live somewhere and have, then have your your uh, your business in another area, in another country, and then, uh, you know, what is it? What are the three? L- live somewhere, be a uh, be a, a citizen of another place, and have your have your business in the other one. And so, if you can do like yeah, three, like three the, different countries, the, like it's the that. ideas of like the digital nomad. You know, um, being able to um, just work anywhere, have your money in a certain spot, and and be able to travel as much as you want is a f- huge huge goal um it, it really is extremely freeing um i wish i was more of a digital nomad I'm, i mean i've tried digital nomad no you know trying to get my money to come from uh from internet and i just i'm either too goddamn lazy or too incompetent to do it and i'm just like whatever fuck it i'm just gonna drive nah man blue collar i like it though i mean and you're still you're still doing it so that's great bro right. sure So, um, so we should probably wrap up here. They're uh, doing a Freedom Cell workshop uh, here in a few minutes. But we are going to try and get some other folks to interview here and make this a little bit longer episode. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you in a bit here. Yeah, for sure. And we might just 
break it up into different episodes. Who knows? Um, also wanted to give a shout out to Gorst Acres. Check them out. You get ten uh, percent off with code Nexus or and, yeah, it's ne- Nexus ten. You'll get ten um, percent off, and a Gorst Nexus gets a nice donation too. So make sure you do that and help support the writers over there. And uh, let me just give a couple more shout outs. Uh, of course, you know, Liberty Under Attack Publications, Vanu Podcast. You can find me on Anarchy Radio on Float. Um, or you can go to Anarchy Radio on, uh, on Facebook. The show's not currently in production, but there's a lot of past episodes. Um, you can find the Panarchy discussions on my float, uh, my float page. Um, you can uh, absolutely check out uh, Road to Autonomy. Um, it is an e-magazine curated by Jackie Kerouac and Silas Soul. And uh, they're doing amazing things over there. It comes out monthly. Um, so, yeah, check those out. Perfect. Thank you. I didn't ask you for your plugs, man. I'm sorry. We're, we're bad at this. We're learning, you know. <laughs> yeah. We're, <laughs> we're yeah, we're glad you got the plugs in. Yeah, we want to we plug it. We'll put yeah. links all I down guess, below, I guess we're too. Right, a big, uh, big shout-out to um, the folks who own this property who are letting us do this. Big shout-out to Float for putting this on. Um, Aaron and Kingsley and Alex running around, working really hard, uh, making this happen. So th- big thanks to them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And um, with that said, do you, do you have a quote, Doug? No, <laughs> I'm <laughs> ill-prepared. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I could do the Carl Hess one again. Yeah, yeah, um, want to do that. Let's do it's it. It's just so fitting, especially for this event. So uh, what? how does that quote go? <laughs> uh, we, we do not want to lead. We want to be free. Uh, Carl Hess. Of course, next is out. Peace. Hey guys, welcome back. So we have another guest here, Tatiana. I'm sorry, what's your last name? Tatiana Moroz. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Tatiana is a singer, musical artist? I do many, many things. Uh, so here at the festival, I will be singing, but I also do uh, blockchain music stuff. And I have a marketing company in the crypto space and a couple podcasts. So I talk about love in crypto and then uh, like crypto and politics stuff. So a lot. Nice. Music and crypto, two of the best things in the world. Indeed, yeah, for sure. Um, what, are, what are your podcasts? Where can people find you? Uh, so the Tatiana Show dot com, and then Proof of Love Cast, like podcast dot com. Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. We thought it was funny. My friend came up with it. I got to give him credit. Um, so, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing for us tonight here at Folk Fest? Sure. Um, so I have been singing for the Liberty Movement for a long time since 2012. And then in 2013, I started singing at a lot of different cryptocurrency conferences and stuff like that. Um, I put out uh, an album that was funded completely with crypto, and I did Tatiana Coin, which is like the first artist coin. Um, then since then, I've just been doing a lot of other things, but luckily now I'm putting out a new record. So I don't normally get to play with my uh, guitar player, but he'll be here with me tonight, and we're going to play through the whole entire thing, which is nice, because, you know, when you do crypto stuff like that kind of pays the bills more than music does but obviously music feeds the soul so it'll be really fun to sing for everybody yeah excellent excellent um you were mentioning tatiana coin can you go into that sure no problem so uh back in 2014 um it was after ethereum had been announced but there were really no blockchain anything right we were talking about bitcoin Mm 2.0 and uh in 2014 of april we did a counterparty token the first artist cryptocurrency in the world 
And uh, I did it with Adam B. Levine from Let's Talk Bitcoin. I don't know if you know that podcast, it's a cool podcast. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so we created that together. But after we made the coin, it was like we had a car and we didn't have any roads. And so we went on to make a platform uh, called Tokenly that has um, also a music blockchain component called Token FM. Um, but the coin itself, the way I figure it is that artists have two main problems, right? Fans and funding. How do you make sure that you're not a waitress every freaking night? And how do you make sure that you're not playing to the, you know, to the bartender and like two other people when you're out at a show? And um, so when we did the fundraiser with Tatiana Coin, we sold it off. And then we got, I don't know, maybe like $30,000 we raised. And I used that to fund my third record. And so it was kind of a cool record because... I got really interested in the, the Silk Road story. Um, my friends are, you know, like Ross is now my friend and his mom and I traveled around the world and stuff like that. So when I did the album, I was really frustrated as an artist because, you know, the music industry is a cesspool. And, you know, it's a, excuse the expression, but who you know and who you blow. And um, as an artist who grew up listening to um, 60s and 70s singer-songwriters, I was kind of really disappointed. And it's not like there's really a place for that. We have 20 years of music uh, for, and there's not a single anti-war song. Like what, did all the artists just become warmongers? I mean, it's preposterous. So um, I had a Silk Road song on the album to kind of bring attention to Ross because I believe he's a political prisoner. And then yeah, on the... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so the album cover, he actually, it was a picture he did for me for my birthday, but he did it in prison. And so I put it right on the cover of the record. So it was really neat because I could say this is why artists need an artist coin because if I was funded by some stupid label, they're going to be like, oh, no, we love you the government. Yeah, exactly. Some stupid nonsense. And, and so I think it's a really liberating opportunity for artists. And now that I see all this NFT stuff coming out, it's really cool to see like a lot of the things that we thought would happen. And, Are you know, when you're early, <laughs> you know, it seems cool in one way, but it's not in another way because you don't have any market validation. You think, like, am I crazy for thinking that this is it? So it's nice to see um, things progressing and, and, like, offering more opportunities for not just uh, musical artists, but regular artists and all different kinds of creators. Absolutely. Uh, what if I wanted to support you and get Tatiana Coin? How would I go about doing that? Okay, so... Um, that's an interesting question. So now I'm going to put out the record. I have my, my music blockchain platform, but we're still fundraising, right? So I can't like fully launch it. What I think I'm going to do, I mean, we can launch it quickly and I'm expecting money very soon, but nonetheless, since the record's going to come out sooner, um, we'll probably have some uh, like simple use cases built in right to my website. And then, yeah, people can just buy uh, Tatiana coin. I'll probably let them buy it with uh, US dollars if they want to, because we felt like that was a problem people had to solve. Um, not everybody's got Bitcoin. Not everybody's going to figure out how to get to Bitcoin, into the Ethereum, into this coin, like whatever. Nobody's got time for that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been right. fun. Yeah, awesome. Uh, what, um, so you sing, you play the guitar. Mm -hmm. what, what other instruments do you play? Because so, you seem so talented. So. Oh, thank you. I'm extremely talented. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that talented. Uh, my talented. guitar player is really talented. Uh, I'm an okay guitar player. I could play a little bit of keyboard, but really I like to sing and, and write. I mean, when I do gigs, I'm usually playing balloon, but today I'll get Will to play, so it'll be fun. That's great, yeah. So, um, you said that you and your guitar player don't typically get to play together. Like, what do you, you guys do, like, Zoom practices, or what What do you mean? No, we don't practice. Oh, you're just that good? <laughs> We're just going to wing it. To be honest, like, you know, you got to just go with it sometimes. Um if I had a perfect situation, you know, he and I would get to play together every day and practice and all those things. But 
you know, being an artist is expensive. It's not something that you have that luxury with. I mean, I'm hoping to change that, obviously. But um, plus, he's in Texas, so you know that makes it a little bit harder with the commute. Sure. Um, uh, but Brooklyn was far too. So anyway, um, yeah, I think uh, I think you know this year just because there's more money in crypto. Hopefully, I'll be able to flywheel around a little bit. I'll be like, come on, buddy. We're going on the road. It's great because it's like a typical story of like really like a lot of people that I've met, you know, like at FlipQuest this weekend is or this week is, you know, like, well, you know, just sort of living the lifestyle I want to because of, you know, like crypto that I invested in earlier, have gains from or whatever, you know, so it's really nice that, you know, that allows you to do that and create some stuff. Can you maybe tell me a little more about some of the stuff that you've done with uh, with Ross and, uh, and his mom or how you're involved with them? Because like I... I'm, you know, everybody who's, you know, in prison for, you know, silly stuff, you know, is definitely, you know, heartbreaking. But something about, you know, like the raw story is just, like, I get I get teary-eyed just whenever I talk about it or think about it, you know. So it's really great that, you know, you're, you're working with them. Um, can you tell us a little bit about anything? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, um, so, yeah, uh, the raw story was really, really moving for me. When I first heard about it, though, it was right when I got into Bitcoin, and I didn't know anything about Silk Road, and I said, well, that's kind of stupid. Like, yeah, he made a drug website. Like, what's going on, right? Because it was just when he got arrested. But I wanted to interview his mother. I started doing Tatiana shows. And when I heard the story from her, it really humanized it. And I mean, Lynn Ulbricht is one of the most incredible women in the world. Like, he is a lucky guy for having a mother as devoted as she is. And also as brilliant and strong and like such a capable speaker. And really compelling. Um, and the nice thing about her work has been that I think it not only opened up my eyes, but a lot of other people's eyes to what's going on in the prison industrial complex. Like, people hear about that. But unless it strikes close to home, you know, they don't necessarily take it into consideration just how dangerous that is. I mean, um, to me, I think Ross was a political prisoner and continues to be, I think, I mean, I don't think I know. I mean, the, she said it in his sentencing that it was because of his political beliefs. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, Ross has been a really big influence in my life. Like, when I first met him, I was the first person, I think, in the crypto community, and I didn't know him before that, but we had been writing each other um, for a long time, and, you know, I think that Ross has an incredibly um, positive way about him, and there's a lot of people that say, oh, I'm so positive, and they, like, harass you if you're being grumpy or something, and I find that very irritating. I think it's a gaslighting kind of thing, and you need to allow for space for, for you know, a little bit of a, a different mood. Uh, you don't need a positivity police. But whereas him, I think it's like a really genuine mindset. And there's no more, well, there's always something darker than where he is, right? But it's pretty, pretty bad. And if he can look at things and have a bright side and he can say something like, you know, he said to me, I was kind of bumming. He's like, you know, Tatiana, it doesn't matter, you know, what's going on out there. As long as we're alive, there's reason to hope. And I mean, that's a really profound and true statement. But the fact that it's coming from somebody who's serving a double life prison sentence plus 40 years for nonviolent crime in a country where uh, vice presidents or the president's son is like getting foot jobs like like I, I, like are you serious like not that there's anything wrong with a foot job like unless it's from your niece you know uh, so I, I just think that it's it's such a travesty of justice and it's it's very very difficult to kind of go through that but in a weird way it sort of prepares you for the times that we're in now where there's just these really gross miscarriages of justice these civil liberties being taken away all the time and it's like well yeah because you kind of know a little bit better what you're dealing with like they're not our friends i'm not saying that on an individual level there aren't good people in government or whatever but as an institution i consider them to be criminals like there's no reason for us to be in jail there's no reason for julian assange to be in jail snowden is a hero like give me a break with this like i'm not 
And and the nice thing about being an artist is that you can say that, and I don't know. But nowadays it's like a little bit more scary because, you know, you look at the insurrection, right? And insurrection, right, right. <laughs> so stupid. It's like give me a break, you know. Um, but the language that's being used around the people that were there, like I was going to go there that day, not to storm the castle, but like to just go check out things. Like I want to see what's going to happen. There's nothing to do. Uh, so yeah, I was going to go and I'm lucky I didn't go because all those people are now on a list. Like we were already on lists that happened in the Ron Paul movement. So I'm all aware of that. But, um, yeah, so the, the instruction thing was just, I don't know. It really intensified the, the fraud. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel less convinced of vote. Like, I don't even, first of all, voting is kind of a joke to begin with. Sure. But, like, I would have, like, I don't understand the people who are still kind of in the matrix that believe in voting. Like, where are their heads at right now? Why would they ever believe in voting? So where can we put those people? And maybe we could put them in our community. I think that would be really nice. Because I think that there's a lot of people out there that are liberty-minded, freedom-minded, you know? And they don't necessarily have it defined for them that way, but if they get introduced to it, maybe they can, I don't know, like join our little hippie colony of, you know, volunteerists. I don't know where we're going to go, but. Well, it is really something that, you know, there's so much, you know, your 15,000 hour, you know, indoctrination course that, you know, you go through. It is just, it is so hard to, to break that. You know, you think, like when you first discover this kind of stuff, you're like, I'm going to go tell everybody and everybody's going to go, wow, that's excellent. Why didn't I see it? Like, they're going to join me. And no, you get met with, <laughs> you're insane or, you know, anything. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I guess you sort of got to pick and choose, you know, who you go with, go with the easy targets. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I just try not to waste too much time on lost causes, but, you know, you got to try, you know, for sure. Yeah, sometimes. But I mean, lately I'm a little bit like, dudes, come on. Yeah. You've had enough time. Get it together. Yeah, I mean, it's so blatant now. You know, it, 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 it should just be so blatant with those, so many of these cases. So, But it's um, willful, I think, yeah. for some people. Like, they can't deal with it. It's it, Yeah, it's easier to just think that there's daddy government's going to take care of me and I don't have to worry about this or that, you know. It, it, it just it just is. And then, I mean, I think that once you get once you get through realizing that they're not there to protect you, then it's very freeing, and I think that's actually you know, really positive, too. Um, we won't hold you for too long. Do you have anything else, Brandon? Uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much. and uh, Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> I had a good time chatting with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish people could like feel your presence because you just bring off this glow. And, oh, thanks. Uh, and, well, uh, it's been, you know, flow-induced, right? I mean, it's really nice to be around people after a while, just like being right? in your yeah, houses. Yeah, without masks. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, after May 10th or March 10th, I guess Texas is going to be mask free. Good for them. Good for all the states that are going mask free. I mean, look, if people want to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, I live in Florida and we haven't had a mandate. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I live in Florida and people haven't had a mandate for, you know, months, but people still wear them. So, you know, but as long as you're not required, hey, you know, whatever, we do our thing. Nobody says anything to me when I don't, so that's good enough. Fair enough for me. Yeah, I wish they wouldn't harass me in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, why, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell people once again where they can find you and um, thanks again oh thanks so much guys okay cool so uh, people can check out my music and a lot of my work at TatianaMoreau's.com uh, they can check out the TatianaShow.com for my crypto politics content probably similar to you guys and, uh, and then ProofOfLoveCast.com for a little bit of the softer side of the tech world 
Great, great. And um, you know, if you have ever, ever have anything else coming on or going on that you want to talk about, feel free to give us a call. We'll have you on the show. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have yeah. you guys on on my show too. Maybe we need to do a little podcast, tradey yeah, trade. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. I'm down. I'm down. All right, cool. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, thank thank you so much. And uh, for our listeners, we will be back here in a bit. Thanks. This is Silk Road by Tatiana Morose. This is Brandon. We're back. We've got another great guest. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, introduce yourself. I'm the Bowers. 
Yeah, Scott Bowers. That's me. So nice to meet you too, Scott. Can we hold? Yeah, good to meet you too. We'll shake again and uh, <laughs> shake again. Yes, sir. We do a lot of handshaking in the South. It's kind of our gig. So, uh, so yeah, tell us about what you do um, and all that. Well, uh, I've got I do lots of stuff. I um, I've got a small little chemical company. Manufacture uh, chemicals that clean uh, chelated heavy metals from industrial wastewater. So, uh, like automotive plants, anybody that's make pieces, parts, circuit board manufacturers, all that, electroplating processes, get a no lot shit. of nasty metals in the water. Yeah. And then uh, I make the products and teach them how to do it and the automation, all that stuff, to clean all that stuff out of the water. So, when they discharge it, the water from my processes is generally cleaner than the tap water coming into the plant. Yeah, absolutely. So take out the cadmium, take out the chrome, the nickel, the zinc, all the bad juju. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to chrome plate myself. Oh, okay. So. Hexamelon chrome plate. Cool, man. Yeah, Hard yeah, chrome. What yeah. were you plating? Ex uh, uh, barrels. Very what? long barrels. Barrels? So, yeah. Like gun barrels? Uh, no, f uh, for oil. Oh, oil, oh, yeah, oil yeah, barrels, yeah. Oh, sure, sure, they sure. Say, they call them barrels. They're really like, um, some people call them drums, but the, most of the oil industry calls them uh, barrels. But, um, yep. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We had a wastewater guy that would take out the metals, and, yep. and like you said, it was yes, cleaner than uh, yes, yes, cleaner than the tap. So water. I, I manufacture the products that clean all that up, the uh, processes. I do the consulting. I teach people how to do it. I make the robots that that will run the processes automatically, automatically. Um, yeah, that's what, that's one business I do. I've got a new material uh, material science business that I'm doing with a with another guy. And uh, trying to get these uh, hardcore aliphatic hydrocarbons out of our cleaning products and our advanced solvents. Uh, I've got a product over here, uh, Dr. Bowers Blue, mm -hmm. and it is a uh, essentially uh, a very, very strong solvent. The stuff will melt a tire, but it's made from soybeans. So instead of having very nasty uh, chains of aliphatic hydrocarbons, which are carcinogenic, they're very difficult to uh, decompose in nature because these carbon bonds are so strong. Uh, we have this other solvent, which we make out of soybeans, and it's really, really strong. I mean, it'll strip the paint off your car, it'll melt a tire, whatever you want. Um, but the second that Mother Nature gets it, she can eat it really, really easily. Um, so it doesn't have these, these plain aromatic hydrocarbons. It's got standard, you know, uh, carbon chains that, that are easy, like sugars that are easily, easily um, uh, decomposed by nature. So you take some of this stuff, put it in a Petri dish, put a little bit of water in it, come back three days and you got moss growing in it. I mean, that's how uh, bioavailable this material is. Oh, nice. Um, so we're looking at, um, it's part for profit, part for education, just to say, hey, you don't have to invade other people's countries. You don't have to fucking buy aircraft carriers and kill little brown kids to get this shit. All all you need is a fucking field. Is a is a fucking yeah. field full of soybeans <laughs> and a little distillation column on the end of it, and now you've got some of the key components of industry. So uh, that what you got to have. A lot of people when they think of oil, like oh we're gonna get rid of oil because of the CO2. I'm like, do you know what grease is? And do you know that if we don't have grease and lubricants, all of this yep. stops. Yeah, absolutely. Literally. I mean, yeah. it stops. It stops in its tracks. The, the gears stop turning. All of this stops. So lubricants, solvents, gaskets, all of these materials that come from oil, you got to have them. But because of the, the Material Management Association and all the monopoly on oil and big energy and all that, um, all of these other technologies have never been allowed to develop.
They've never been allowed to develop. Why would any free market ever fucking buy an aircraft carrier to make a solvent? Free markets don't do that. They go, aircraft carriers sound expensive. Why don't we uh, go talk to Farmer John over here and, and see what that crazy old coot's doing with his soybeans? That's what the market does. The market doesn't care about aircraft carriers. It doesn't care about ego. It cares about function over form, you know, and, and, and that's just it. So that's what we're trying to do is educate people. You know, um, the, this product, Dr. Bauer's Blue, it is a direct competitor with Goo Gone. It's a, I don't know if you've ever smelled glue, uh, Goo Gone, but it smells like the acid of a rocket ship. I mean, it is a, it is petroleum distillate. It's just nasty ass stuff. So. So when would I want to use your your product? Like okay. Maybe if I um, one of the cool niche markets that we discovered is our our craft beer people, beer and wine people. I, I craft they, beer too. Okay. Well, you got a problem. You got to get old beer bottles, and you got to take the fucking labels off of them. Yeah. You scrape them. You got to boil them in the water. You put Doctor Blue on that adhesive, it fucking melts it right off. So the the craft beer and wine people are using it for you know cleaning the bottles off. Um, you got a motorbike, you got road tar all over the chrome, put Dr. Bowers on there, it will fucking clean that off, it will not screw with the metal at all. Um, paint removal, um, it will do that. If you got plastic that has got an etch on it, you can kind of buff it out of plastic. I mean, it's, it's destroying the plastics, you put it on there and then buff it off real quick, so it'll take off just a little bit of the mar of the plastic, so you can use it that way. Lots of different, you know, uses. And that's one of the things, too. I'm like, hey, I don't know what you're going to use it for. Try it. See if it works. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then just kind of calculate a big list of all the things you can use it for. But anytime you've got sticky, nasty, gross, tar, rubbery, any of those moments where you go, what in the hell am I going to use to get that god-awful stuff up with? Goo Gone is what you would use, but now you use Dr. Bauer's Blue, and you can use it safely. It, it has no vapor pressure. You know, if you, you use Goo Gone, you take the lid off, you're breathing in acetone, you're breathing in xylene, you're breathing sure. in trichlorobenzene, you're breathing in nasty, nasty shit. My stuff, no vapor pressure. You can put it in a cup, it will sit there. It's not going to evaporate ever. <laughs> it just that's, sits there. That's great. So um, you're not breathing it when you use it. I mean, it's it's just got a lot of benefits. So there you go. So, um, you know, I like what you were saying about, uh, about um, you know, the, like the, the government dependence on big oil really really hinders us when it comes to things like you know environmental uh, what have you. you know one of the big things that held me back from saying we don't need government is like well what about the environment you know like i'm a big environmentalist but really what i've come to learn is it's you know free market approaches you know and companies generally want to do what's better for the environment because yes. you know what it's more efficient typically yes i have never worked with a company I, I hear all these greenies and these tree huggers i never see them the ass into this factory actually trying to to defeat this waste from leaving the plant, or even better, trying to figure out how to not make the waste in the first place. I never see them there. I see them out in the woods hugging the trees, but I don't ever see them in there actually trying to get in and solve the problems. Yeah. So that's exactly right. Yeah. I have never, ever once worked with a company that wants to pollute. And especially now on Facebook, you don't ever want to be that guy. You don't want to be the guy that says, holy shit, you got hexavalent chrome going in the creek where the kids swim. That is not anything that anybody ever wants associated with their product. So the, the innovation of my robots that, that actually measure water and uh, we, we take photographs, we blow them up, and we, have, we teach computers to, to interpret the images to make the decisions on how to clean the water. Um, they, they're the biggest contributors of that. 
Always. They're like, oh my God, yes, please. They want to measure. They want to know. They want to control. They want to make damn sure they never. Because it's, because it's, you know, the, the greeners are like, well, they're just trying. They want profit. And I'm like, it's, it's a percent of operating cost. Yeah. It's a, it, they don't, it, it's, why, why give up a percent of cost to have massive quantities of public disapproval? No, it's, it's, it's the cheapest percent they will ever pay. So, you know, everything we've been taught about environmental, it's bullshit. It's the EPA, they are, they're the enemy. They're, it's not Environmental Protection Agency. It's the Environmental Regulatory Capture Agency. Because yeah. what they're doing is they're paid by big companies to create rules and regulations that prevent the little guys from competing with the big companies and shutting them down. That's all the fucking EPA is about, period. They don't give a shit. Okay, how many scientists you got in the EPA versus how many attorneys do you have in the EPA? Let's look at, let's, let's look at the HR roles and see exactly what we got going on. 25% are scientists, 75% are fucking attorneys. Yeah. So, you know... It's it's just it's regulatory capture. The EPA they uh, they were responsible for polluting uh, uh, rivers in, in Colorado when they dumped uh, the mine. I, I mine tailings. Yep. Yeah. I was called I, out. To, I was called out to look at that. I said I'm not working with you bastards. Dang. No, I'm not. I don't work with the government because yeah. oh, oh, that's gorgeous. Thank you, young man. I'll be with you. We'll we'll settle up. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, I've seen I've I've seen Dude, that's gorgeous. I've seen hey, devastation baby. by the EPA. A, 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 a good friend just brought up a, a juicy, wonderful double yeah. baked uh, cheeseburger right here, and uh, it just appeared. And it wasn't catcalling. I'm such a lucky man. <laughs> yeah, no, hey baby. Yeah, she's looking at me right now. You can smell her. She mm, she smells so good. <laughs> hey girl. Woo. Yeah, I'm gonna tear that up in a minute. So. Anyway. Yeah, that burger looks good. Yeah, but what a great festival, guys! Yeah, yeah wonderful absolutely. people and food and uh, just and and, and I, tonight um, I had some bad news a couple nights ago, and I was kind of cholestered in my trailer and really angry and just kind of and I was going to bring a bad vibe. Yesterday, a little bit of that tailed off. Came up till about to nine o'clock, and I got to go back. And but tonight, oh, just bouncing, hopping around, talking to everybody. Just beautiful night, beautiful people, and so many creative, intelligent, productive, just independent. It's just it's beautiful. I mean, it's just glorious. Love it to death. Love it to death. So, cheers. Damn it. <laughs> yes. Well, I made a deal. With the, I got very lucky. First night I came in, which was uh, Sunday night. I hap- I'm in, a, in the uh, gray um, uh, micro mini trailer all the way down to the left of the lake. I got the big yellow and flag, yellow and black flag. Oh, okay. And, yeah, uh, right across from you. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. We got to come over and have some uh, yeah. cocktails tonight. Uh, Loose Lucy, that's, uh, that's the trailer's name. And I came in Sunday night, and right down, I heard this clink, clink, clink. And I was like, from South Carolina, holy shit, somebody is slinging horseshoes. I was like, I was like, that's horseshoes. I love horseshoes. Drinking beer, grilling meat, and throwing horseshoes. That's a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. I know it sounds simple, but I love it. And so I looked out, and, and my vision wasn't that good because it's kind of dusk. And I said, they're throwing something. And the closer I got, they're actually practicing slinging their, their, their bar mixing stuff. They're the bartenders. Oh, yeah, the bartenders. Dope, yes. Man. Yeah. So I got with the bartenders. I'm an actual salesman. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. But I worked my magic, and I now have a bottomless margarita cup for the whole festival. I take it over there, then boys fill it up. 
We made a wonderfully mutually beneficial beneficial trade. Yes, yes. So uh, they have a wonderful um, habanero infused tequila. Yeah, yeah. We we, we tried to really, like. Go, yeah, I love it. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful going in. It is. It's wonderful going in. It gives you the the, the endorphins, but going out. I don't want to get too deep into it, but it was mildly yeah. challenging. You knew yeah. that it was coming out. Let me tell you that. Yeah. You really it, did. It does. It does burn after a while. Until you get that burning. Uh, yeah, burning was. Uh, that was one word for it. It's burning <laughs> is like what happens to your tongue when you hit tea, but when it's happening to your. Oh yeah, to your yeah, nether well, region. I have yet. I to think. Experience I think that, burning so. may not be an appropriate adjective because <laughs> it's something different than burning. You know, it's like I've heard that ministry song, "Burning Inside, Burning Inside." I'm like, no, it's it's more than that. It's really is. It's it's more. It's more centering. I mean, it really it's impactful. You're like, holy shit! <laughs> I didn't know that thing was there like that, but there it is. So you know. <laughs> so I guess one of my other questions is, uh, you know. I think your company's doing a lot better than these. I mean, what what even uh, the EPA could do yes, on a lot I of this stuff. Yeah, no, we're. I'm, I get really egotistical about it, but it's it's. Um, when well, I when, I've, I've, when I've, I finished my chemical engineering study, I mean, there was lots of things I could have did. Um, I was sent up on top of a distillation column in Ponca City, Oklahoma, overlooking. You know, I was like, this is like Mars with grass. I mean, it's like Mars. Oh, look, there's a tree way over there. You can almost see it. I think that's a tree. Is that a tree or a cow? I don't know. And the guy's like, yeah, um, well, we're going to move you and your new wife out here. And I'm like, uh, my, my uh, wife is a, um, she's from Belgrade, Be Serbia, a, a modern jewel of towns. She's a city girl. <laughs> she's not fucking moving out here. She will leave me before she moves out here, I promise. He said, oh, we're not going to move you out here instantly. First, we're going to put you on an oil derrick in the middle of the North Sea for six months. And and I was like, do you even know how HR works? I mean, do you know how to acquire talent? Because it doesn't, none of this sounds good. So all of these different options. And this option here was the best. Um, we don't have to bomb people. We don't kill brown people. We, we clean water. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. And in, in my long experience in the environmental field, the EPA is my fucking enemy. And I'll say it every fucking day of the week. They are my enemy. They are an exacerbate to everything good we try to do. Absolutely. Um, and the, the companies and guys like me and the consultants in the insurance industry, those are the fucking guys on the front line of environmental. Okay? Because the insurance guys are the ones that are really taking the hit in liability. EPA, where's the EPA's liability in any of this? They just come around and slap some guy on the hand and go, well, you need to... No, they don't own any of it. If, if, if a company dumps shit in the river and somebody catches and they sue them, the company is the one. They're, they get raked over the coals. They don't ever want to do that. They don't. They don't want to pollute. The only people that pollute, who are the people that pollute? Y'all know who pollutes. Power companies. They pollute. You know why? Because they can. They can. It's monopoly. The closer and closer organizations get into the what I call environmental monopoly, the more and more they pollute because they can. Yeah, absolutely. So the the, the bigger the mines get, more pollution. The bigger the uh, the bigger the, uh, the the oil refinery gets, more pollution. The bigger the thing gets, and the more entrenched it gets into the monopoly, the more it pollutes. The more and more libertarian it gets, the more free it gets, the more it's in charge of its own liability, and its liability isn't spread out over all the taxpayers, the better it gets. 
every single time because the owner, when the shit hits the fan, it's the owner's house they take. It's the owner's cars they take. It's the owner's kids they take when they send the owner to jail for the environmental violation. It's not, you know, so it's all a lie, dude. I mean, it really is. It's a ridiculous, retarded fucking lie. And uh, it pisses me off just to, I get riled up. You better watch out. So, and I'm a, I'm a uh, 35-year veteran in that world. Been doing it a long time. I've seen it all. Man, so. uh, yeah, I, I worked, uh, well, I, you know, I worked Chrome, but uh, I did a little bit of water filtration just to help out. And, I mean, right. yeah. You what you guys know, were doing? You definitely know what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, what you guys were doing is you were your your hex your your card chrome, your conversion coating the inside of those drums to make it so they're not going to rust. That's what you're doing. Hexavalent. Yep, yep. You're 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 electroplating hexavalent chrome, and you got to add sodium metabisulfite to reduce the hex chrome, and you got to precipitate that out, and you got to you got to hit it with a polymer and coagulant, and you got to run it through a filter press. Yep, same shit everywhere, man. Yep, so. We have a uh, we have a product we invented. It's a nanoparticulated iron sulfide. Um, it's little bitty, teeny tiny, very nano pieces of iron sulfide that actually go in and reduce hex chrome. Um, with a metabisulfite, when they reduce the chrome, they'll make this amount of solid waste. When they use my nanoparticulated iron sulfide, they make this amount of solid waste because there's no hydroxides. When you make chrome hydroxide, it's basically polymerizing water. And you make big, large, massive quantities of chrome with a whole shit ton of water attached to it. With my stuff, yep, copper or chrome sulfide, and bam, almost no water. We reduce sludges by 80%. So, killing your audience. I'm sorry that chemical engineers, man, we're passionate about some really boring shit. So I'm so no, sorry. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, I worked with the uh, 4,000 gallon um, drums of. Uh, of the hex. Just water and hex, yeah, hex, hex chrome. What chrome. color was it? Uh, it was a. Uh, uh, was it orange? No, it was like a dark, um, like a dark burgundy, very dark. Dark chrome. burgundy. Wow, yeah. that's that's about one hundred and eighty thousand parts per million of hex chrome. When it's when it's orange, you're about fifty to sixty. But when it's dark burgundy, that's that's some serious. Yeah, it's very serious, it serious very stuff. hazardous. Yes, uh, yes. mutagenic, carcinogenic. So. If, did you ever you get any? It, did you, you ever get it, any on you? Yeah, I get. I got. I had. I had. A, I had a drip on me a couple times. Well, uh, it hit. It. It's crazy because it goes straight through your skin and and to your bloodstream. Well, but the like, other thing too, though. Well, not sort of. Um, if you've got any sort of hex chrome um, uh, permeation through your skin, you're going to get a sore. You know, you're going to see some sort of a. You with me on that? Now, okay, I see what you're saying. Now, uh, it now would, I've had cuts. Now, it would probably, cut, it would probably, that cut would not heal. Yeah, for, it would probably be a good idea for you to do some some sort of chelation therapy. You with me on that? Anybody that works in plating, I always, um, Chuck, Chuck and Melina. You know, you're familiar with Chuck Williams. You know Chuck. Okay, talk to Melina. She knows a lot about chelation therapy. You know, and how to and how to do that and and cleanse your system of the heavy heavy metal. So she knows all about that. She will set you up on a program. I highly recommend you do that. I've done other like metal manufacturing too. So yeah, yeah, you need to. Uh, yeah, yeah that, all, that's probably all what of I us need, have, dude. For sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. But seriously, talk to her and go through that process. I'm kind of stealing the show here. Uh, 
Dag, did you have any? <laughs> Th this guy's great, man. He really is. He really is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I can run. I can run my mouth for hours. No, so. you good, man. Really, I, I could talk to you about environment. But my hamburger, my yeah, hamburger no, no, no. is getting cold. Yes, yes, yes. No, I want to let you go and eat. Thank you so All much right. for coming. Thank on you, and guys. To us. And, and uh, um, man, thanks so much for being here, dude. We're having a hoop. Yep, we love it, man. Peace out. Float uh, 2021. And hopefully, we're going to do one in, uh, on the East Coast. I'm running my mouth trying to get people uh, riled up. We've got a wonderful, uh, beautiful spot out there. Mm -hmm. um, orchards, cattle, it's got a distillery. This is in the Golden Corner of South Carolina. Oh, yep, right I'm working with I'm working with Chuck, running my mouth. This place is, I'm telling you, man, they got orchards, 27 different fruits. They raise their own uh, Black Angus cattle, but they also serve at their own restaurant on the place. They've got a distillery with this apple gin that is so wonderful beautiful. and they got a beautiful uh, swimming and fishing lake and it's inexpensive and the people there love me yeah and we're gonna make it happen for uh we're gonna have the east coast float so peace out guys take care brother thank you guys all right guys we'll be back in a few all right so we are back from float fest how you doing brandon pretty good pretty good uh it is a great conference for sure um I wish I was uh, a better public speaker, but um, but yeah, I'll you know I'll I'll be there eventually. But uh, it's all good. We'll cut you some slack. <laughs> first time, you know, like yeah, know. <laughs> it's my first time. <laughs> oh shit! But um, but yeah, man, that was a that was a fucking hoot, dude. Um, it was a it was great to meet everybody. It was super great to meet you. And I mean, yeah, man, made a lot of friends uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, so many people there that I'm like, man, this is so awesome. Um, I wish, uh, I wish some of them were closer, uh, geographically to me, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was, it was a blast for sure. Uh, unfortunately I had to leave early. Um, but, uh, a day early, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. Same here. Had to come home and, you know, get shit done. It's hard to step away from life for that long, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, uh, but, uh, oh, go ahead. No, yeah, um, I didn't have anything. I was just gonna say, you know, uh, hope you guys enjoyed the the three interviews. Um, Tatiana, yeah, man, Phoenix, uh, and uh, Scott. The great interviews. Um, yeah, um, yeah, we wanted to. Man, we had potential to get a get a couple more people pulled in. It just it just didn't work out. We were recording in a barn. Uh, with Phoenix's equipment, big shout out to Phoenix, man! Thank you so much for um, for for doing that, getting us uh, getting us set up, and really uh, really uh, not letting us you know lazy out of doing uh doing recordings or anything. So that was uh that that was awesome. It ended up being really cool. Uh, man, I mean, I don't know, dude. Um, like the like the three or four Joshes I met there. Big fucking shout out to you guys. Uh, that was super cool. Uh, there was the meat guy, and then um. And then Paolo, Paolo was super cool. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but <laughs> but he was super cool as well. Our uh, our campsite neighbors, uh, yeah. I cannot wait for the uh, for the next one for sure. I don't believe that we had an exact date or anything on that yet, y'all. But I think they were talking about like South Carolina ish, maybe like six months or so from now. Uh, so that would be really cool. Definitely keep your eyes and ears out for that. And as soon as we hear about that, I will be sure to let you guys know uh, because uh, you know you guys want to come out and do this again it was it was super cool and hopefully uh i mean everything went smoothly really um and obviously these people are 
professional, you know, event organizers and all that. But yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, the next one once, you know, had a, you know, have a little experience and everything. Hopefully it'll be, you know, even cooler, even cooler than this one. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also want to second your shout outs. Like, um, yeah, Phoenix was great. Uh, you know, letting us use his equipment and setting everything up for us. And like, um, He's even getting interviews for us. He was like pipping, pipping out interviews for us. <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> Phoenix, man. Like, I just can't thank you enough, bro. And um, yeah. so definitely. Tried for Scott Horton. Damn, that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we, we almost got Scott Horton on there. Um, yeah, Paolo was s- super cool. Uh, uh, just really genuine, cool guy. And um you know, it's it's hard to find people like that in the real world now. So, uh, and then yeah, a couple Joshes were just awesome. Um, we were even hang out with Josh Segerton. He he's real cool, down to earth. Um, yeah, we're gonna get him on here soon too. So that'll be fun. Yeah, he said he was gonna come on, so we'll uh, we'll um, we'll we'll most likely get him on here pretty soon. Um, and yeah, just just had a blast. Uh, my whole family was there with my dog. So like it was just a good time. And, um, for sure. Uh, besides people walking by my tent at like 12 o'clock at night with my dog barking and shit. And, uh, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a blast. The the hippies next to us were surprisingly loud for hippies, but you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Give me some sort of stick. Oh, it's called Santo Paolo or Paolo Santo or Paolo Alto. I don't know something. My girl knows what it is, but it says she, we loaned them a a propane burner. She came back. She's like, "Oh, here, I'm gifting you the stick, and it smells good." I mean, I don't know. You, you just like smell it, or like you put it in like fire, and it smells good. I don't know. I don't know. It's neat, but <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. The, the hippies definitely could have. Uh meditated a little bit more in my opinion yeah. but uh <laughs> you know whatever I'm, I'm not hating too hard on hippies but you know i'm prejudiced what can i say <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah so, we're not we're not uh, pc around here so yeah <laughs> so i don't know man yeah we uh we just wanted to um to wrap this up and bring you guys a little bit of a a, a taste of float fest and if you've never been to like an anarchist like outing or event or meet up or something i mean you're definitely missing out because there is just something so too just being surrounded by people who you know i mean you're not 100 percent. you know i mean you don't you're not the same people like there's definitely a wide range of types of people and professions and and uh you know just general attitudes and stuff but just the fact that you're hanging out with people who don't want you locked in a cage is just a really amazing feeling so if you guys haven't done anything man anything like that man check out your freedom cells or uh, i mean any any of the events there's getting to be a lot of them and i will try to be better about making sure that we let you know about any sort of events like that that might go on around the country um on the show here too um but uh but yeah it would bring you guys a little a little taste of what was going on there and we don't really have much else for you today yeah not much um do you have a quote on hand Doug? i got a uh, i got a little joel solitude one if we want to roll with that uh yeah let's check it out all right <clears throat> how much evil throughout history could have been avoided had people exercised their moral acuity with convictional courage 
and said to the powers that be, no, I will not. This is wrong. And I don't care if you fire me, shoot me, pass me over promotion or call my mother. I will not participate in this unsavory activity. Wouldn't world history be rewritten if just a few people had actually acted like individual free agents rather than mindless lemmings? Joel Salatin. Gorse Nexus out. <laughs>